So for the marriage part, obviously I'm not married. So I really can't have too much advice on this or anything to say about this other than kind of pointing out scripture. And then it's just going to kind of be up to Miss Julie to talk about what that looks like, which I mean, I guess I'll start out by saying that 23 years is really amazing, especially in this culture. Uh, People can't go more than anywhere from one to five years of marriage without ending it. So it's really amazing that you guys um, have been married this long. And I'm so grateful that I have parents who have modeled what a good relationship looks like. And for those of you who don't have parents who have modeled that, um, the really cool thing about Jesus is that he is our father. And we can look to his relationship with the church to see how a good relationship should be modeled. A good marriage should be modeled. We can look to that relationship to see how he's loyal and he's always there. And so we'll kind of get into this here in a second. But And I also want to address those people who aren't married right now. I have a lot of really good friends who did get married young, freshman year of college. And I just want to say that if that's you, that's also something that I've been like, oh no, like what about, when is it my turn? Kind of like how my mom was saying the phase of like, God, have you been ignoring me? But the cool thing is, is some people, it is their path to get married young. Maybe it's not my path and that's okay. It's okay that your path doesn't look like everyone else's. So I just want to say that before we jump in. So Genesis 2 verse 24, for this reason, a man shall leave his father, father and his mother and be joined with his wife and they shall become one flesh. Ephesians 5.33, however, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and a wife must respect her husband. Ephesians 5 is a really great verse or a really great chapter about marriage. Um, I encourage you to read that, kind of pick over that. Two people coming together to further the kingdom of God is the point of a marriage, to continue to repopulate the earth and spread God's word to further generations. I watched this video um, about this girl who was transgender, and she ended up having this encounter with Jesus. And she said that he showed her that Satan was using this, this movement to stop generations from being born and spreading the gospel. And that really struck me as Satan is infiltrating our relationships, our friendships, our dating relationships, and our marriages and telling us that they're not good enough. And we look at social media and we see the highlight reel and we compare ourselves to other relationships and people who are married. And what we don't see is the behind the scenes. And I know everyone says that, but you really don't know. I mean, there's been lots of times where it's been like all daisies and roses on my Instagram and it's not been like that behind the scenes, especially in relationships. I just want to say that to encourage that it's not always what you think it is. And marriage is for man and a woman to come together to further the kingdom of God. Tell us about what it's like to be married and keep Christ in the middle of that. And, you know, tell us about kind of the roles in the marriage of like how a man should act and how a woman should act. And um, even how do I know if I should marry someone? Ooh, those are, those are big ones. Well, I think that marriage is work, effort, and commitment. And I think a lot of it is kind of counter to what we're hearing from the world. We dated for six months and got engaged and then we were married six months later. So within a year's time, we went from meeting and dating engaged to marriage. And it's really pretty fast if you think about it. We were a little bit older. I was 30, almost 31. He was 25 going on 26. So we'd had some life experiences of our own, had dated, knew what we were looking for. And so, you know, at that point for us, it was like, yeah, we don't need to mess around anymore and date for five years and get engaged and make it last for another year or two. Let's just go. That said, you know, going into it wide, eyes wide open, 
there were a lot of adjustments and it wasn't always as romantic and easy as the movies or TV shows might make it seem. And I will say for me personally, it was a bit of, it was a big adjustment because I was looking for the, um, you know, I, I want music playing all the time and I want the the crescendo of the music when something amazing is about to happen and um it just doesn't happen in life so it was going from the excitement of meeting someone new and learning about them and falling in love with them and then you have the excitement of we're getting married then you grind to a halt and you're like now we're into real life and we've got bills and somebody's got to pick up after this house because it's kind of a wreck now and and everybody sorts to fall into real life. And, and that's the part that gets, you're in the trenches and it's not always fun. And that's the commitment. I think that's where you're like, well, I, I made a commitment. I made a promise to this man and I made a promise to God. I can say that in 23 years time, you know, there it ebbs and flows. There are times when it's amazing. Life is so amazing and good. And then other times when you're like, what in the world have I done? And on those days when that might happen, what I just remind myself is, is like, I'm no, I'm no easy person to live with either. So it's not just all him, um, but I made a commitment to him and I made a commitment to God and I'm gonna honor that no matter what. And we have, we said from the beginning, we're doing this. And, uh, because we want to honor God with this, we both felt very, very strongly that God was bringing us together. And so who are we to say no? Yeah. I heard this thing once that, and something that I've remembered too, is that love isn't always enough. And sometimes you have to choose that person, even when you're not feeling the love, because love, this emotion, it doesn't always last the way you think it will. And that's something that I've really clung to because there's been plenty of people that I've loved and who have loved me, but it obviously hasn't been enough because we weren't willing to choose each other, which is why the relationships haven't worked. I believe that when I find the right person, they will choose me and I will choose them even when it gets difficult and maybe the love part doesn't really work out. We obviously care about each other, but it's just not enough. So we have to choose each other, if that makes sense. And I've always just really held on to that. Something I really respect about your relationship with dad is how you both agreed that divorce was not an option and that you're just going to work things out. That's something that I'm look that I look for. Obviously, I just want to be one and done. I don't want to I don't want to go through that. And I will say just for a little segue here that something I learned recently is that divorce actually acceptable when infidelity is um, in the mix. And I didn't know that, but it, it's biblical that if someone does cheat on you, divorce is um, divorce is okay. But I think that our culture gives us this whole, okay, well, this person messed up one time, so I'm just going to dip and I'm going to go find the next person. And I'm just going to look for this easy relationship where it's all um, smiles and good times and kissing and all the things. And life is not like that. Life is hard. I think that I saw this other thing that was talking about how we just break up so quick and we're, we're gearing ourselves up for just divorcing when things get hard in a marriage. And I would encourage y'all that if you're about to get married or if you if you want to get married, that you would take it seriously and that you would work on, if you're with someone that you want to marry now, choosing that person because that's what's going to make it last is being able to choose someone, that commitment like you were saying. So can you talk a little bit about kind of what it looks like, the two different roles in marriages? Because obviously it says um, the man is meant to be the leader, 
but does that make you less of a person in the relationship? And what does that look like for him to lead? Right. Um, no, it doesn't make, it doesn't make the woman less at all. But I think our society has made us think that I am woman, hear me roar. We have to um, go and assert ourselves and it just, it, it, it becomes problematic. The man is to be the leader in our family. Uh, I mean, I kind of have a strong personality, so I sometimes have to kind of step down and I can't say that I'm always hundred percent great at this. Um, but in our marriage, we, we understand what, whose strengths work best in what areas. And we do work very hard to be a team. A man balances a woman out just like a woman balances a man. So where a woman might bring more emotion into it, where the man brings more practicality together, you have a really great balance and you have a really strong, those two chords, three with God in there, um, a, a strong relationship, a strong front. So he takes on um, the bigger issues and I, I trust him and I handle some of the other issues and he trusts me and it's a very balanced relationship. I think women do have pride and there's been a lot of times in relationships where I've been like, no, I'm going to pay because I do want to be a strong, independent woman. I don't want a man to tell me what to do. And I think a lot of times, like you were saying in our culture, it's a super, um, women empowering culture, which is great. I mean, I'm a woman and I, I do want to be appreciated and I don't want to be seen as unequal to a man, but I think that we've really put ourselves on pedestals as women and really pushed men down to the point where this submission verse, I think it means more of, we need to swallow our pride. We need to let men pay for our dates and we need to let men open the car doors for us and open the doors for us and not call them a simp or whatever. And I, I also have a strong personality. And so there'll be times where I'm like, I don't, I don't want you to pay. Like I'm going to do it myself. And I've heard people say that before. I've heard girls say that before too. Like I don't, I had a friend once who was like, I don't like how the boys are carrying our bags out to the buses for church camp. And I was like, actually it's really good. Like men are called to be providers and they're called to be caretakers. They're respecting you and honoring you by doing that. Right. And we just Let need them. to swallow our pride and just be okay with that. And I think that to me, that's what submitting to, that's what it is to me. I'm not, I'm not making myself less of a person. I'm not just obediently following whatever he wants. Um, that's not what God is saying, but swallowing my pride and allowing someone to take care of me and to respect me, um, is how I interpret that verse. And you know, what's hard about that is, is it, it, you have to be vulnerable mm -hmm. and you have to allow yourself to submit and allow yourself to be vulnerable with your emotions, maybe with your reputation, you know, like, oh, I'm known as a strong person. And now I don't know when we're going to look weak. Men's egos need to be upheld and not ego, like obnoxious ego, but they, they are providers and they need to know that you appreciate their their work and their effort to provide for you to fix things. And if in their doing so, you put him down, you, you know, yank the job away from them because you can do it and you can do it better. You're so much smarter, blah, blah, blah. You are destroying something that's very important to them that bolsters them up and allows them to play the role that God made for them. So 
that's part of, of the submission is to encourage them because it's not necessarily an emotional encouragement like the women need. We want, we want to be encouraged emotionally and men need to be encouraged a little more maybe tactic, tactically, you know, like with, with the jobs that they're doing and with the performance that they have right with their job or whatever. Can you um, briefly touch on how do you know if you should marry someone? Well, I think it comes down to prayer. And I think if we're talking about like if the listeners, if we're talking to listeners who are trying to live godly lives and you are looking for a godly relationship and you've been asking God for that, then I think it's going to be really clear. If the listeners are maybe, maybe you're not really a, Christian or you're kind of like, well, I've been praying and nothing's been happening. I've been there. I know what you're saying. You need to be still and you need to listen to that small voice inside of you, which I believe is actually the Holy Spirit. And there have been people along the way for me that in my fantasy, I was like, oh, I would be such a good wife for this person. We would be so amazing, blah, blah, blah. And you go through the whole drama of it all. But I knew, I knew that wasn't going to work. Um, I think, I think another good thing to do is to see, just to kind of read some books, read the Bible and see what the Bible says about marriage. Read some books by Christian authors. If you're looking for a Christian relationship where you can kind of see and, and reinforce ideas because you might get a little wobbly. You might feel like, oh, this is never going to happen for me. It, it will. You just have to trust God and his timing be surrounding yourself with friends who will encourage you read the Bible and remember what it, what the Bible says and read other authors. And in that relationship, you will know, you will know. And if you have questions, if you have doubts, I mean, I, I think we all have questions at times, but I think if we ask the Lord to just show us, is this ordained by you? Is this person you have for me? He will reveal it and you will know. When you know, you know. When you know, you know. The last thing I want to say is from your own experience, what has a Christ-centered marriage been like for you? And can you, can you talk about kind of what a biblical marriage looks like and you know, your experience seeing people who aren't in those relationships? What I would say about that is friends of mine, Christian marriages, non-Christian marriages, we all seem to run into very similar problems in life, in marriages, raising our families, dealing with job loss, job opportunities, all of these things. And it's tough. It is tough because you have dreams and hopes and sometimes those just get dashed. What I will say is those uh, friends of mine who are in marriages that are Christian marriages and who are seeking God's will in their marriages, they go to prayer and they put it before God. They petition him. They go together. They go separately. They go independently and they seek his approval. They seek his guidance. And while it doesn't mean that everything is rosy and there are no problems, it means they have an anchor. My friends who are in relationships that are not anchored in the word and anchored in Christ are struggling and they are struggling so hard 
And it's, it just hurts me sometimes to, to watch because they're good people, you know, they're really good people and they're just choosing a path in this, in this life where we have struggles. What's the Bible say in this world, you will have, you will have troubles, but take heart. Why? Because I've overcome the world. That's Jesus talking. So in your marriage, in your work, in your family, you're going to have troubles, but take heart if you hold on to Jesus because he has overcome and he will see you through it. My friends who don't have that, your road is a little extra hard yeah, to walk. Yeah, definitely. That being said, we've got a couple of reflection questions for you just to wrap up here. Um, and I want to give a couple bottom lines just for what we've talked about um, today in friendships. Um, Another thing I do want to say is coming from someone who was a weird homeschooler in high school, sometimes how we were saying earlier, the people that you would least expect to be like a good friend actually end up being the best. And there have been times where I've written people off and I know I got written off in high school. And then I ended up being friends with these people down the road. And I was like, oh, like if I just hadn't written this person off, like it would be so different. So don't write off a potential friendship. Don't write off a potential relationship because you're worried of how it may be perceived. Um, and stick to those stick to those verses in Proverbs about a true friend, one who's encouraging and keeps you accountable and is loyal. And in dating relationships, those same things apply. Be loyal and be truthful and treat the person with respect and grace and avoid sexual sin and lust and keep each other accountable in that keep christ in the center of your relationship and in marriages it's the same thing as the friendship and the dating combined this is the person you're you're meant to spend the rest of your life with so keep christ in the center of it use your relationship for christ the reason i'm so excited to get married is because i'm excited to have a built-in best friend who i get to do ministry with and who i get to serve with and it's been really cool watching you and dad serve so much in your relationship so jumping into our questions like I said, our relationships model Christ's relationship with the church. Christ needs to be at the center of our relationships for them to work. And we need community. And that's just the that's just the end of it. So is there a relationship in your life that you need to start taking more seriously? Um, that maybe you need to kind of put Christ in the center of? Did any of these things convict you? Are there any relationships that maybe um, you haven't kept Christ at the center of? Or you're holding back from saying things because you're just concerned that oh, maybe they don't care. No, keep your friends accountable. So is there any relationship you need to start taking more seriously? Is there a relationship you need to end? Um, I'll always hold to, if you ask God to remove people that are harming you and, and they're not from him, he will do it. Is there any relationships that's hurting you more than helping you? Are there any relationships where I, myself or the other person are not acting biblically? And is this a friendship that I want to last that I'm willing to say something of like, hey, this isn't right, this isn't good, and work towards making that better, whether it be a dating or a friendship relationship? And does the person you're with, dating or marriage, lead you to Christ? And can you change that? Can you think of any other questions or advice that you would give to people my age, those who are married, those who are dating, those who are in a friendship? I think um, I would just say to just keep reminding yourself to trust God, whether it's with a friendship. Like I said, I I worried when we moved, how in the world am I going to find a friend better than you name it? Nicole, Goldie, Ingrid, all these names. Every time I was blessed because God's faithful with relationships, dating relationships. I dated some really great people, 
was very sad that some of them ended, but God is faithful. And in being patient with that, he brought this really wonderful man into my life that I've been married to now for 23 years. Be patient, trust in God, keep yourself in your faith and keep grounded. Yeah. That's really great advice. Thanks. Well, thank you so much for being on the pod today. Thanks for having me. It of was course. my pleasure. Yeah. I loved being here. And like I said, y'all, all of our sources will be linked below, but I encourage you to get into the word, um, dive into the context and really apply this to your life. It's, it's really good. And I even got convicted doing the research for this of like how I want to start treating more of my relationships. Thanks so much for listening in y'all. As always, grace and peace y'all.